Welcome to the Reach New Heights podcast, where we dive deep into all things self-healing, transformation, and building dreams. I'm Julie Householder, and it is my passion to share powerful tools to empower you to transform your life and reach new heights. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Reach New Heights podcast. Today, we are talking about why I ditched New Year's resolutions what I do instead, including making space for the new year, three short and simple reflection questions, and three short and simple support and simplification questions. Before we hop into our episode, this is an open invitation to get back into our physical bodies and take some deep breaths. You're also welcome to skip ahead to the podcast content, follow what feels good for you in this moment. You're welcome to relax your neck and shoulders, allowing the jaw to loosen if you happen to be clenching your jaw. You're welcome to tune into your physical body, noticing your toes. If they're curled, you're welcome to stretch them out and then relax them. Moving up your body all the way to the top of your head, notice the messages from your body. Are you thirsty? How does the energy level feel today? Is there tension anywhere? Is your body asking for some more nutrition, movement, stretching, a rest? How does your breathing feel? Do you feel more ease taking in life, breathing in, or do you feel more ease in letting go, breathing out? Notice how you feel without judgment or labeling anything good or bad. You're welcome with your mouth closed and inhale for a count of two. If this breathing pattern does not feel comfortable to you, you're welcome just to continue breathing normally and be present and aware of your breath. Follow what feels good to you. So inhaling in, one, two, and exhale out of your mouth for one, two. Inhaling for three counts in now through the nose. One, two, three. And exhale out through your mouth. One, two, three. Inhaling for four counts now. Inhaling through your nose. One, two, three, four. And exhale out through your mouth. One, two, three, four. Repeating that pattern again, inhaling through the nose for four counts. One, two, three, four. Exhale out through your mouth. One, two, three, four. Now one last full deep breath in through your nose and sigh out of your mouth. You're welcome now to return to your normal breathing pattern as we hop into today's content. Setting New Year's resolutions is a practice very common in the United States. On New Year's Eve or the beginning of the new year, many people will gather around with their loved ones and make a resolution, a promise to continue certain positive practices in their life change undesired behaviors, accomplish personal goals, or otherwise improve their life in some way. Growing up, I heard a lot of jokes around this practice, as many studies have been made about the success rate and the follow-through rate on these promises not being very high 
with many people forgetting their resolutions, making unrealistic goals, making too many resolutions, or forgetting to track the progress of them. One study done by Norcross and Cangarelli followed 200 New Year's resolvers and studied who and how did they maintain their resolutions. After week one, only 77% of the participants maintained their resolutions. After one month, 55% maintained resolutions. Three months, 43%. Six months, 40%. And a two-year follow-up, 19% of the participants maintained their resolutions. This study showed that those who used consistent self-reward, greater stimulus control, greater willpower, had greater success rates. Another study that was conducted on a large-scale experiment of New Year's resolutions found that approach-oriented goals are more effective and participants were more successful in maintaining their New Year's resolutions than people who are setting avoidance-oriented goals. So approach-oriented goals would be the goal of doing something new, tended to be more successful, and the avoidance-oriented goals that's trying to stop doing something. Participants who received some support reported greater success than those who weren't receiving any support at all. While having a ton of support actually did not improve outcomes relative to no support. Types of support vary from person to person. There's a balance, right? And, and there's, different, there's a different balance for everyone depending on your brain, on your nervous system, your trauma and life history, learning style, personality. So why does this matter? These studies show that over time, our consistency can decrease and usually does decrease with New Year's Eve resolutions. I took a mindfulness for mental health class and my professor used to always talk about how our experience in mindfulness practices as well as our consistency is often like the waxing and the waning of the moon. Humans are constantly changing. Our focus and our approach to goals is greatly impacted by our window of tolerance given our stress level, mental health, and other circumstances in our life. And a lot of cultural aspects in the United States around these concepts of productivity and the structures of our work weeks, willpower, and just being able to crush our goals and being in all of this really strong push energy honestly disregards a lot of the research on how humans actually function and what we need as humans in regards to our work-leisure balance and having sustainable ways to achieve our goals that work alongside with how our brains and nervous systems actually function. And remembering again that there's no size fits all. We're not robotic. I find from talking with people that when we as humans don't meet our goal, especially if we're setting a New Year's resolution, that's like really, really a huge one. It's very, it could be whether it's unrealistic or maybe it's just a very major change from where we are now. We can be super hard on ourselves when we don't meet goals or when something feels way too far out of reach and it, it's not broken down into smaller steps. And that can decrease our motivation and our self-image more likely leading to giving up on those goals. Another factor is support. So support is huge. Humans are biologically wired for connection and support. In my experience growing up in the United States, there can sometimes be this individualistic culture where it's, I have to do everything myself and getting support is weak. I need to crush my goals by myself. When we're making any life changes, studies like this one that I mentioned earlier show again that getting support is actually more effective and increases success rates, which seems super obvious, but this culture in the United States often resists this. So what is my process with New Year's given these understandings? I ditched completely the typical approach and I have 
Three options that I kind of go to, depending on how I'm feeling and how the year went, I don't hyper-focus on the process anymore. I feel like I used to do really intense, deep reflections. I'll often change what I do every year because every year is different. We're different. What serves our growth varies. When one year that has passed included a lot of intensity, like 2021 did for me, I like to keep it simple. That's what's worked best for me. The three parts that I do, short and simple reflection questions, I have three of them. I make space for the new year. And the third one is support and simplification questions that are three super short and sweet and that's how I like to keep it so the first set of three short and simple reflection questions number one what are some challenges I overcame and I'm in the process of overcoming that I can celebrate myself for the second one what are some things that I'm proud of myself for looking back at this last year what am I proud of and the third one from this past year what am I grateful for You're welcome to think on these for a few minutes. I like to journal and quickly write about this because it really helps my brain synthesize information. That's my brain's jam. It might not be your brain's jam, Uh, but I also like to talk about them with loved ones too and have a discussion about them because it's always super fun to hear everyone's gratitudes and what they're proud of themselves for and the challenges that they overcame. I feel like it brings up a very enriching conversation with other people. My number two tradition, and this is one that I definitely love to do, is make space for the new year. So declutter and donate items that I don't need, don't use, or are no longer serving me. It's a really great physical representation of clearing and making room for the new year. So clutter can impact our focus, our productivity, and our sense of relaxation. My assessment process to determine what is important to me is kind of inspired by two life circumstances that I've been in multiple times, hurricane evacuations and moving. So with hurricane evacuations, I grew up and lived in Florida for most of my life. So Florida comes hand in hand with hurricanes. We have our hurricane season every single year. And there were a couple particular hurricanes when I was in college where I had to evacuate. I had to travel by airplane for one of them to go stay up with one of my uncles in another state. And another time by car, I evacuated by car and ended up in Tennessee with one of my friends because literally all of the hotels in the surrounding states close to Florida were completely booked because everyone was evacuating. In both of these circumstances, when I was leaving, uh, there was this uncertainty that I had that my building would still be intact when I got back or my stuff might not be there anymore. Or, you know, we had, there's a lot of uncertainty when you evacuate. You're not really sure, especially for those those hurricanes that are category four and five. You don't have a lot of certainty as to what will, will happen. And the house that I was living in for the second one was definitely an older house. So I wasn't really sure how the roof was going to handle things and and whether my stuff would be there. So I could only take a backpack and a carry-on suitcase with me and some items in my car. But it really puts into perspective what is important to me, what matters most to me. And I always think about that when I'm evaluating what items I use most frequently, what are the items that matter most to me. And the second life circumstance that kind of shapes how I downsize was moving. So I've moved six times in the past eight years. Two of those moves were to different states. 
in the United States. And every time I'm decluttering, I ask myself, would I take this item with me if I were to move? And I like to eliminate as much as possible when I move because less items equates to less things to pack and less boxes to move and it makes the whole process easier. I like to look at these two things because for many of us, letting go of physical items can be difficult. Or for me, sometimes I'll kind of look at things and be like, oh, what if I'll need this in this situation? Or what if I'll need it for that situation? Or different questions like that, that kind of sometimes come up as a barrier from me just releasing clutter. Whenever I pick up an item, I'm like, does this really give me life? Does it bring me joy? Does it add value to my life? Is this something that I literally use every day or is this something that I forget I have and it's in a box somewhere in my closet and I don't even open the box? Uh, for clothing and shoes, I like to do an assessment and just kind of keep track of like, did I wear this this year? What did I wear the most of? What did I not touch? We'll often keep things again with these scenarios in mind of what if I could wear this to this sort of a or what if I'll need this? With some items, I'll be like, all right, I'm gonna give this item one more year to see if I'll actually wear it. Uh, then that next year comes around and I'm like, all right, I didn't wear this, don't eat. Recently went through my closet and I literally donated anything that gives me sensory issues because I was like, I'm done. If I'm not gonna like this because it gives me sensory issues, what's the point of keeping it? So those are kind of my, that's my physical space decluttering process. I also like to like clean out my car if there's like any receipts anywhere or anything like that. And it just allows us to start fresh for the new year. The third set of short and sweet reflection questions that I like to look at is around support and simplification. Number one, where can I use some support in my life for my mental, emotional, physical, or spiritual health? Where can I use some support? Number two, what are some activities or support structures to support my mind, body, spirit, health that I can explore more in this upcoming year? And the third one, or what are some ways that I can simplify my life? In these times that we're all collectively navigating, simplification is so important, and finding different ways to outsource tasks or simplify our processes for things can really help our lives run more smoothly and with more ease. I would love to hear about what you do on New Year's Eve, if you have a practice or a tradition. I'm wishing you all a beautiful week. I hope and pray this new year will bring you and your loved ones good health, abundance, and just blessings upon blessings. Catching you here next time on the Reach New Heights podcast. From my heart to yours, thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast as much as I love creating it. As always, you can connect with me on Instagram at JULHouseholder or my website, juliehouseholder.com. I love hearing how you've integrated these episodes into your life. And if you feel called, please leave a review on iTunes so we can help others reach new heights.